Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Sports are part of what make us Americans. Yeah, it's just a game, but the most popular athletic events in the United States are also huge economic engines. They drive controversies over health and gender and race, and they serve as emotional touchstones every weekend for millions of Americans who are glued to their television screens, myself included. In many ways, rooting for a team is part of being human. It's why a whole subset of media thrive around reporting on these sporting events. But few outlets have truly embraced the role that sports play in a complete American life as part of the culture. In part to fill that void, ESPN recently launched The Undefeated, a website that lives at the intersection of sports, fanaticism, pop culture, education, and being black in America. Many of our most famous athletes in the modern era are, of course, African-Americans, and yet most season ticket holders at places like the NFL or the MLB and certainly uh, the NHL, uh, the people are, uh, that we see in the stands, they're white. Quarterback Colin Kaepernick takes a knee to draw attention to issues facing black Americans, and it's white fans and executives, for the most part, who express indignation. The conversation about race and who we are as a country plays out every day in modern athletics, and the undefeated is putting words to page on that very thing. I want to talk for the first two segments today about the undefeated, about the work that's going on there, about what that work is aimed at telling us about America, about telling us about ourselves. And joining me to do that is Raina Kelly. She's the managing editor at The Undefeated. And Justin Tinsley is a staff writer there. Guys, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and listeners, uh, this is uh, the last day that we are just on social media. We'll be hopefully back on the phones again on Monday. So if you want to participate in the conversation, go to Facebook, our WDET page there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Raina Kelly, I want to start with you. Talk about the conceit behind the undefeated, the idea that sort of launches this space, which is, uh, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I've been a pretty close leader, reader since, uh, since you started this. I can't think of another media space that's quite like it. It's, it's a cross between lots of different things uh, and sort of smartly brings those things together in a space that I think is, is defining itself as apart from everything else. First of all, I'm going to have to bring you on staff because that was one of the greatest. Uh, uh, I have honestly, four jobs already. That was one already. of the greatest descriptions of the undefeated I have heard uh, since our launch. Um, and I almost feel like you answered the question for me, so I'm just going to crib off you. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, we have a trifurcated mission. Uh, and then back that up for a second. Our mission... Uh, as part of the SPN, is to live, as you said, at the intersections of race, sports, and culture. We don't, it's our beat, it's our, it's our world. And what's interesting about that is, is, is that there's a recognition, everyone does this, right? Everyone says, it's just a game, but 
some of our largest conversations about some of our largest problems in this country have come out of sports controversies. Yeah. Um, I think one obvious one that's come out of the last three, four years is the problem with what people are calling uh, the rape culture. Um, we've talked about hazing. We've talked about socioeconomic opportunities. But one of the things that's very much been left on the table is how sports interacts with race and how it either retards or promotes the conversation. And the undefeated just started with a mission right off the bat, which is that this exists. Sports is a very big part of any discussion you have about race in America. And we're going to start there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's going, to be our, that's going to be our main lens into being black in America. Uh, and there is never a failure to find um, Colin Kaepernick notwithstanding. There's never a failure to find content around that. Uh, and I think one of the reasons is something that you very well said, which is that there are so many people who actually watch sports and are engaged emotionally in a way that people are not engaged emotionally in many other aspects of our culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Super Bowl is the one place where you can find nearly a billion people watching <laughs> one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's Including right. the commercials. Right. Right. So it's important we start there to have these discussions. Yeah, uh, I'm curious, uh, of, of course, if you write about race, if you talk about race, uh, if you ask other people to engage in discussions about race right now, of course, uh, there there is a tension there. Uh, lots of folks, uh, when I write about race in the newspaper or talk about it here on the program, I get a blowback from people saying, you are inserting this into the culture. You are inserting this into the discussion, and it wouldn't be there but for you. You are, you are creating the issue. You are creating the problem. I would imagine that on the very first day the Undefeated launched, you probably, you probably heard a little bit of that as well. We still do. I mean, you know, Colin Kaepernick brought a lot of it to the fore. Um, it's such a strong topic that so many people feel so strongly about, we definitely got a lot of, hey, 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 this is ESPN. I, I want to know how the Yankees did. Are they going to make the playoffs? I don't need this inserted into this area of my life. And my, my answer, and I don't mean to be flip, but it is actually true, is that race is inserted into the Constitution, into the founding documents of our country. Yeah. So to say that race is inappropriate in any other aspect of American life, I think is not to see what America, what American life actually is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have had this debate, this tension over race since, you know, the 16th century, 17th century. Since Africans were brought away. here for the first time, sure, absolutely. Um, Justin Tinsley, uh, I, I'm curious, uh, first about your background. Uh, you're now a staff writer at The Undefeated, but I'm, I'm curious about what brings you to this role, that, that, that journey. Uh, and then I want to talk specifically about uh, some of the stories that you've written uh, recently uh, that, that I just think 
are perfect examples of the way in which uh, race and and culture uh, intersect with sports in sometimes really surprising ways. But uh, but first, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I didn't have the I guess traditional background to you know background or resume to get to ESPN. I actually uh, the process all started. I was at homecoming a couple of years ago. Uh, home, my homecoming at Hampton University and mm-hmm. a friend of mine, a fraternity brother came up to me and said, hey, I know somebody who works at ESPN and I would like to forward, you know, your writing samples over to her because I, I like what you write. Now, you know, to be perfectly honest, it was homecoming and, you know, <laughs> we all know the type of things that go on at homecoming. You know, everybody was drinking. What so. would those things be, Justin? I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> well, about. Well, look, hey, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to keep it G-rated. So, it, it, you know, people, you know, people were having a good time. He was like, I know somebody who works at ESPN. And, you know, once drinks are flowing, everybody knows everybody once drinks start flowing. I'm like, all right, well, I don't really believe you, but go ahead. And lo and behold, he actually did. And. <laughs> Literally from November 2014 until I moved to I, I moved uh, to Los Angeles because that's originally where the site was going to be based out of. Um, it, it happened in the process of two months, and before that, I just did freelance writing for a lot of different publications for about six or seven years. And um, before I came to ESPN, I was actually working at the Housing Authority in, in their communications department. Oh wow! And I did freelance writing from like 10:30 to like three in the morning, so I would only get like three four hours of sleep at night. Um, yeah, that that that's my journey. I, I w- you know, I wish I could say, you know, I was a Pulitzer Prize winner at the New York Times, and Raina had to beg me to come here and leave my, you know, four story condo in right. the Hamptons, but it, it never happened like that. I was living you with my mom before this job. You find me a New York Times job. writer with a four story condo, and I will tell you that I would not have begged yeah. you. That's right. Something else is going on right where there. you are. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so, so let's talk about some of the, the stories that, that jump out at me that you've done recently, Justin. And, mm-hmm. and I want to start with, uh, feeling real black right now, which I just, mm-hmm. I just love this story, uh, which of course is about, uh, the dream, uh, Terrius, the dream Nash, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it sort of, uh, it, it brings together not just a story about him. He's unusual in and of himself, uh, right. this, this sort of black uh, singer-songwriter who lives in a pretty country space. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but you bring that together with some other sort of cultural touchstones I just thought was really, really interesting. Talk about that story. You know, it, at first, the, the piece was never supposed to be uh, as, uh, I guess the right word to use is serious, because the 20th was his 39th birthday and uh, I'm a big fan of his music. So I, it was really supposed to just be uh, in and out piece. Like, Hey, this guy's a great singer. He's a great songwriter. He's had this impact on, you know, the modern generation of music. But when I got home late, I believe it was Monday night, uh, a friend of mine, I believe I actually quoted him in the piece. Uh, my friend, Ryan Vaughn, he sent me a text. He was like, Hey man, you really need to watch this video from Tulsa. And to be perfectly honest with you, I told him, I don't know if I can watch any more videos like this. You know, I'm look, I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing people lose their lives yeah. on camera. And he was like, no man, you really need to watch it. And I watched it, and it it impacted me in a certain way. And I was like, well, I want to write about this, but you know, I'm already on the schedule to write about the dream. And I'm like, all right, well, how can I somehow combine the two? And then it hit me, and I remember hearing this song about two two summers ago. 
And I was like, well, maybe I can somehow infuse what he was talking about with this song, uh, what's going on with Terrence Crutcher, and kind of like just infuse the two. And that's honestly how it happened, man. And I've I've loved doing that over the course of my over the course of my career. Even when I was writing at you know you know smaller publications or whatnot, I just love doing that because I really believe that music is is the it's the soul of life in a sense. Yeah. I think, you know, we can all listen to music and we can all say, okay, I, I can kind of understand where, they, where this person is coming from and I see their viewpoint and I see how I can relate it to everyday life. And that's all I've ever really wanted to do with music, with sports. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that somebody like LeBron James is good at basketball. You don't need <laughs> me to tell you that Whitney Houston is a great singer. But if I can tell you a story about them, if I can relate that to, you know, a current event or what's going on in the world, I believe that that piece will resonate more and two it will have a, a, a longer shelf life yeah so that's I, that's all i've ever wanted to do <laughs> uh this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm stephen henderson my guests are Raina kelly she's the managing editor at the undefeated and justin tinsley he's a staff writer uh, at the undefeated the undefeated is a new website uh, produced by espn uh, that takes a look at the intersection of sports and race and culture here in the united states of course uh, there is no way to separate sports and our fanaticism about sports our emotional connection to sports from these other american dynamics like race like culture uh, and the undefeated is trying to sort of get us to think about those things uh, in a different way maybe a more overt way than we do normally certainly than we do in regular sports coverage uh, if you want to join the conversation we are on social media only this week go to facebook uh, the wdet page there uh, or go to twitter and hashtag us at detroit today uh, and we will try to work your comments into uh, the conversation. Uh, Justin, uh, that, that story about uh, uh, Terrius uh, the Dream Nash uh, really weaves in very nicely the moment, the racial moment that we are sort of witnessing, I guess, uh, right now in, in America. I mean, you have uh, a list of names that you say get turned into hashtags because of the things that are going on. Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Ayanna Jones, Tamir Rice, Philando uh, Castile. Uh, it, it, I find right now that it's really difficult to to find ways to keep uh, to keep that racial moment in front of people in a way that that gets them to think about it. Right? Uh, everyone is thinking about it, and everyone's sort of in a different space about what to do about it or or whether to do anything about it. But as a journalist, uh, it, it's difficult to come up with ways to write about it that I think don't fall into sort of predictable patterns that people can can easily say, well, yeah, I get that, but that's not about me. Uh, yeah, I see that, but that doesn't have anything to do with my life. And I think uh, here where you're combining music and those things, uh, it, 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 it's sort of a... It's sort of a backdooring uh, of of these kind of issues. Uh, what what kind of response though did you get from people about that piece? For the most part, it, it was all great. Now, of course, the internet is the internet, so you're gonna have some people <laughs> who are like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, what what the hell are you thinking? Why are you writing this?" Um, but I, I I always call it the 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 Matthew McConaughey and the time to kill moment. 
Uh, you know, you, you can talk about these issues over and over and over again. But, and, you know, some people can say, hey, this doesn't affect me. This doesn't bother me. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it doesn't. And, you know, if it doesn't bother you, then look, consider yourself lucky. But close your eyes for a moment and imagine um, that person sitting in the car or told to get out the car, or told to raise their hands and walk back towards the car or whatever happened. You can just. Take a name that you just named, whether it's Trayvon, whether it's Ayanna Jones, whether it's Philando Castile, whether it's Sandra Bland. We can keep going. I can keep naming names for about two hours now, but I don't know how much time we have on here. But <laughs> take any person in that situation, close your eyes, and imagine that person was either yourself or imagine that person was your girlfriend, your brother, your sister. And then it hits home because I think when we say these people are hashtags, I mean, they are hashtags, but they're also people. And there are families out there that, you know, every time I see Trayvon martin's mother I, I i get emotional because it's like hey she's one of the strongest women i've never met but that i see on a on a constant basis and while yes you know her son became a hashtag he became a launching pad for a larger conversation that's still her son and i think people need to remember that these are actual people that lose their lives yeah. you know they're never the same again so i think i all i want to do is hammer that notion home because it could easily be myself I've had run-ins with police and every, I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and, you know, we had a, it's, you know, it was long before I got here and something happened as to where, you know, we were pulled out, we, we were asked to get out of the car or put our hands on a car, search the car, obviously nothing was found and we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know why they pulled us over and we talk about it all the time. It was like, hey, look, if you could, if if you might have sneezed, who know who knows what ha- what would have happened? You know, they could have said you were reaching for something. They could have said I was reaching for something. So all these situations, they're not just news events. They're 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 like real life situations because I've been in I've been in them. My friends have been in them. I'm sure Raina has been in them. I'm sure you know you can talk to a lot of people. These are relatable situations that happen unfortunately all too often. So when you try to infuse, all I want to do is infuse that. In, in my writing. I'm not saying I'm the greatest writer in the world, but I just want to infuse an element of realism. And I think if I can combine music into it, because everybody loves music. I think everybody loves music. Sure. And there's a lesson behind a lot of music that comes out. Not a, not every song or every album, but a lot of music. And I think if you can find, uh, not to use the word intersection again, but if you can find that intersection between real life, art, and now what we're doing at, at the Undefeated, real life, art, sports, culture, music. I think if you could find that big potluck, put it in a crock pot, then you have an amazing dish that, yeah. you know, people can't <laughs> That's deny. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> um, uh, Raina Kelly, uh, managing editor at uh, The Undefeated. Uh, when you look at the site, um, sports, of course, is the first the first tab uh, on on the website, and, and it is a sports site. I mean, you're talking uh, about things that are going on in Sort of the, the America's sports culture, uh, but you also have a lot of these uh, other subjects in their own categories, and and a couple of them really caught my eye. Uh, one is HBCU, which uh, I thought was a really interesting uh, uh, category to include, because, partially because, of course, uh, HBCUs, historically black, uh, black colleges and universities, don't get a lot of media coverage uh, at the national level. Uh, you know they don't play on uh, uh, on national uh, media uh, outlets uh, a whole lot, and and the New York Times and the Washington Post and uh, even regional papers don't write as much about them as as others. But but here you guys have a whole section dedicated to them, and it's not just about 
sports. It's also about uh, what goes on at HBCUs, some of the challenges that they face. Chicago State, uh, there's a story about uh, their sort of survival mode. Uh, and then there's this really wonderful story uh, about Howard University. Uh, someone writes uh, that in the battle uh, of Howard versus the deplorables, I'm taking Howard. I love that. <laughs> I love that phrasing, uh, by the way. But talk about that section and sort of uh, how that section comes together, but also how you get, I mean, uh, the, the idea here uh, obviously is to appeal to a really broad cross section of people. But then you also are trying to give space to uh, to discrete communities. And I think there's always a tension between that, right? Are, are white people going to go click on the HBCU ta uh, tab and read those things? How do you get them to do that? I would imagine that these are things that you guys are, are really talking about there. Well, again, I mean, we have – we are really looking for – I'm going to take a step backwards. We need – all kinds of people to read our site right. in order to in order for it to be successful and so we try to serve an audience in a way that we hope and again we're like some 150 days old in, in a way in ways that are both specific and general um, HBCU coverage is an is an excellent example one I think there is a vast maybe two generations of lost knowledge about just how important a lifeline um, HBCUs are to African Americans and their own economic mobility. There are thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who would not have had a college education gone on to be astrophysicists. Um, not joking about that, right. actual astrophysicists. Sure astronauts, doctors, um, uh, without the existence of HBCUs. Um, and, you know, they've always been a vital lifeline for the black community, and they're also a touchstone. So we want to cover that from a perspective of, you went to an HBCU, here's your coverage, we got you. You, 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 you can't find it anywhere else, you can always find it here. Now, for the other people who come in, we're like, oh, you don't know what an HBCU is? Here's what it is, and here's what it does, yeah. and here's what the problems are, and here's what you know, and here's what other people are doing to try to solve the problems. So it's always holistic, right? We start granular and build out um, in order to discuss an intersection. And an HBCU is an intersection. It serves, it solves a problem uh, for uh, African Americans and the college conundrum, mainly how to afford it, how to get in, where sure. to go, uh, comfort levels, things like that. Um, and so, you know, we're all in. Yeah. And, of course, we get to cover the bands, so please. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Like, you know, and, and, and that speaks to, you know, not to go on and on and on and on, but it's too late now. But that also speaks to another you know, huge and a very important mission of the site is that we seek to show black life in all its glory, right. holistically, 360 degrees. You know, we are not going to be 24 hours, seven days a week of what I call, because if you see it, I call it in mainstream media, um, ghetto gloom. That's all you ever see. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if there's a special story that's above the fold, <laughs> it's going to break your heart, right? And then if those are the only stories you see and you are not black or you are not from another world, you don't know black people, you assume that this is how all black people live. Right, right. Which, of course, is not the case. And, and all you got to do is go to The Undefeated, really, and take a look. Take can you a say look that at again? The content there. Yeah, right? Say it one more time. Say, uh, you record, can record, record it. that on my phone real quick. <laughs> That's right. Let's make that a meme. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Raina and Justin from The Undefeated. And we'll talk about sports politics and what's going on in the news. Of course, big news this week on uh, that racial moment that we talk about so much here on Detroit Today. Stay with us on Facebook and on Twitter and stay with us on Detroit Today. I'll be right back. News. Stories that impact your lives. Culture. And the music you love. With a little Motor City flavor. I'm 1019 WDET. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. My guests are Raina Kelly, the managing editor for The Undefeated, and Justin Tinsley, a staff writer for The Undefeated. Uh, the Undefeated is a new uh, product, a web-based uh, uh, publication from ESPN that looks at the intersection between sports and culture and race, uh, all of these dynamics, how they work together, how they sometimes don't work together, how they raise tensions uh, in our broader culture. If you want to participate in the conversation, talk about The Undefeated. Have you been reading it? Wondering what uh, the the idea is here. Uh, you like it. You don't like it. Uh, you wonder sort of where it's headed. Uh, go to Facebook, uh, the WDET page there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today. Uh, we'll be back on the phones, uh, we hope, next Monday, uh, so you can participate that way. But right now, we are all social media. Uh, joining me now in the studio also is Jake Neer, producer here at Detroit Today, to talk about what some of you are thinking about uh, this segment. Uh, and there's a question uh, that uh, I that you have, Jake, for our two uh, guests. Go ahead. That's right. We're we're getting uh, you know plenty of uh, feedback and questions here on Facebook, so feel free to participate as well. But Gregory on Facebook, he wants to know how the undefeated plans on talking about the what he calls the unreal unrealistic expectations that African American kids have about reaching the professional level of sports and need to put at least equal focus on academics. Uh, great question, and it's something that uh, that I think we hear a lot about uh, the, the, this idea of sports culture overwhelming uh, kids and their ideas. I know I've got a I've got a twelve year old son who I always have to temper to say, hey, you know, you're not even you're not even that good <laughs> at these sports. <laughs> let's let's keep let's keep perspective here. Uh, but of course, uh, there is a larger cultural. Uh, dynamic at work there. Uh, uh, Raina, Justin, uh, what do you want to take a crack at uh, at how the undefeated may see that uh, that issue? Well, I mean, for me, and then, I mean, I, I think then Justin will have Justin drop some wisdoms on us. Uh, for me, I think it, 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 it dovetails directly with why Colin Kaepernick has taken a knee and why that has grown. Yeah. Um, sports, music, 
shouldn't be seen as the only two avenues out of entrenched poverty in the worst African-American communities or in any African-American communities. And that goes, and then you have to work backwards, right, to systematic educational reform. And that's where things get tricky, yeah. right? Nobody so really wants to talk about to that. cover the line, the path between a player taking a knee and how a, and how a student can have improved academics. If you're being passed from grade to grade, if your schools are underfund, underfunded, if your schools are not great uh, or they struggle um, or don't have some of the other facilities that are available outside cities, then your dreams are not going to be academically focused. Right. Um, you know, I have a son, he's eight, Justin knows him, he is eight, and he, at this, at this, and he's the size of a 12-year-old. Uh, mm-hmm. Best guess by the doctor is he'll be something like six, 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 seven. <laughs> I don't know where he came from, because um, I am not. Uh. Nobody in my family is anywhere near six, 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 seven. <laughs> so, of course, we get all the time, I hope you put a basketball in his hand. Yeah, right, right. And I tell him all the time, you know, he's not interested in sports because his mother is, and that's just the way it goes uh, in family dynamics. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, any question, whenever he asks me how you become something, my answer is always medical school. Right. How do you become a paleontologist in medical school? <laughs> how do you become, I, you know, how do you become uh, a train conductor, which you wanted to be for a long time? I said medical school. Medical um, school, right? <laughs> everybody needs to go to medical school first, maybe even law school. <laughs> and then decide what you want to do, right? <laughs> then decide what you want to do. Um, and I think that people tend to underestimate the amount that education is not an option for kids. Um, and so when they're looking to create dreams, the dreams they see that are successful are those of sports. It's a matter of circumstance more than a matter of generations of black people saying you can only be an athlete or you can only be a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, go ahead. I think I think part of that um I think part of that lies in, you know, diversity. And not just diversity as in a uh, certain number of black people, certain number of white people, certain number of men, certain number of women. I think just in terms of just what the undefeated does and what what we will do in the future and what we will continue doing is showing that at least in terms of like black people, yeah, like Raina said, we're not all rappers. We're not we're not all ball players of, of any type of sort. But you know, hey, look, there there's there's great lawyers out here. There's great teachers out here. There's great, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. There's great businessmen, uh, doctors, whatever the case may be. So can I say you, astrophysicist again? Yeah, like <laughs> astrophysicist. Astrophys- yeah, yeah, absolutely, astrophysicist. In the world. <laughs> That's right. So I think you know, as long as we continue to show that there's different, there's different parallels of success, and so like, and you know, and and, and if you want to keep the sports tie in it, because you always have to make sure you maintain, uh, you know, a young child's uh, attention, and if they're hell bent on you know being the next Steph Curry or the next, uh, you know, the next Cam Newton. Or whatever, whatever the case may be, you yeah. can tell me. Hey, look, you might not make there, but hey, look, if you if you get your degree in business, if you become a smart businessman, then you can own your own sports team. Right. And that and that's something that doesn't get discussed a lot. 
you know, everybody wants to be on the field, but nobody wants to be the guy signing the checks. Yeah, that's so, right. that's or the, right. the guy or the woman signing the checks, excuse <laughs> me. So you got to show them like, hey, there's different, there's so many, there's, there's more than just two avenues to success in this world, especially if you're black. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's hard. That, it's hard to, mm-hmm. to assert that in the popular culture. I mean, it, there is this this tide of celebration around, mm-hmm. and it's so ironic. I mean, it, this this sort of idea, this uh, infatuation with the black athlete is one thing, and then of course you've got the the, the absolute disrespect for the black athlete when he tries to be anything. More than that, uh, and I think Colin Kaepernick is a is a great idea, a great modern idea. But of course, that goes back mm-hmm. decades as well. I mean, it, it, that's confusing. I think for black kids sometimes is what is the what is the role that 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 that's available uh, to me. Um, uh, Jake, we have another comment from the uh, Facebook page, right? That's right. Uh, Thomas on Facebook uh, says that he thinks that sports are definitely an integral part of American culture. He also notes that he thinks there's definitely a stand, a different standard which black athletes are held, and that this started with the late great Jackie Robinson, continues today with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Uh, so there we go, echoing uh, what we were just uh, wrapping up on on that last point is is this uh, this odd space that that black athletes still have to have to occupy today because of the broader culture and and we haven't talked much uh, this segment about Colin Kaepernick in particular but but I, I've been really interested in what the undefeated has done with that story uh, but but also how you have put it into that much broader context of uh, of race and again this racial moment uh, here in in, in America uh, the story I saw most recently uh, was about Steve Kerr uh, the the head coach mm-hmm. of the the Golden State Warriors talking about Colin Kaepernick in terms that were really different than what we've seen a lot of white uh, athletes and owners and, and coaches uh, respond to Raina yeah. Right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, I think Steve Kerr's comments are classic. You know, I mean, he is seeing Colin Kaepernick as an individual, a human being, not just a player, uh, yeah. who is very intelligent. You know, Four point four GPA, aced the Wonderlick, uh, which is the test football player IQ test football players take yeah. at the combine. Um, and he's seeing him as a man who is making a valid point about problems in America, which is all all right. Um, and that's what was so refreshing about it, to see a coach not, you know, give us the, the straight line, it's about winning and losing, or it's about team effort, or it's about this, but actually addressing the situation. Yeah. And to go just, I mean, I think, one of the greatest examples of, of, of how that's done is a story that Justin did that's on our site this morning about what would it look like if we had beast mode this right. year <laughs> right? and how much right. we miss him. Yeah. And he manages brilliantly to weave in all of these issues. So I really want to talk to him. I want him to talk about that story yeah. because I think it's an excellent example of what we're trying to do. Yeah, beast mode, of course, being... Uh, I'm sorry, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but but somebody who whose uh, whose play on the field 
uh, was also matched by the sort of brain in his head and and the articulation he can give to social issues. Uh, Justin, talk about the talk about that story. Yeah, uh, for 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 people who may not know, uh, Marshawn Lynch was on Conan. I believe what's the day Friday. I think he was on there Tuesday night or Wednesday. Night. I can't remember which. Week, yeah. yeah, sometime this week. And for people who don't know. Marshawn Lynch and the media, they really have had a, uh, <laughs> a an interesting relationship over the years. But, yeah, they don't get along. <laughs> but one guy he's always managed to have a, a pretty entertaining rapport with is Conan O'Brien. And for the most part, it's always been lighthearted, comical, um, good-natured and stuff like that. But Conan uh, took a break from, you know, being funny. He, he honestly wanted to know Marshawn's thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and... Marshawn, he's he's not a man of many words, but when he does dedicate words to a subject, they happen to stick. And his words, in, in essence, I don't want to quote him verbatim because I'm not looking at the piece right now. He told him, he was like, look, I'd much rather him take a knee than stand up with his hand, you know, with his hands up and get murdered by police. Right. And if you're really not racist, you're not going to you're not going to take offense to what he said, because it's not a threat to America. It's more so addressing an issue that needs to be addressed. And. I thought that was a very, very powerful quote because a lot of people look at Marshawn Lynch and unfortunately, you know, they, they think, oh, he's he's from East Oakland, he's from the inner city, he's a thug, he doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about. But he's he's honestly, when you get him in an when you get him in an environment and he he he's comfortable with opening up, he's one of the most insightful players that you will probably ever meet. Yeah. And I thought that you know. He, he retired, um, in my personal opinion. I think he is a Hall of Famer, but, you know, that's a different debate for a different day. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's just really, really insightful, man. And I always wondered, well, he retired this year, and I always wondered how his, his involvement in these protests would have been. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the Seattle Seahawks, they did a, uh, you know, they, they interlocked the arms they on week one. They all made a statement. They all that's did right. that. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't know how effective that was, uh, mainly because, you know, you know, it's a team full of individuals, team full of personalities, team full of different beliefs. And I, I just really don't believe that every person on that team was more so like, oh, yeah, let's just all interlock hands because we all feel the same way. <laughs> I just I don't I don't believe that. And uh, and I could be wrong. I'm not in that locker room. I'm not sitting here and say I have insight, inside information on the Seattle Seahawks. But I, it would just it would have been really interesting to see how Marshawn would have approached this situation because he's spoken on this particular topic and, yeah. and what I'm talking about police brutality in the past and I and I quote him on different situations he's he's tweeted about Trayvon Martin he actually had a really insightful interview uh, about Oscar Grant in 2010 uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, about six years ago so he's always been insightful like that and. It's always I, I love it when athletes really speak their mind in insightful ways. Uh, not to piggyback off this, but I think when we when we talk about Colin Kaepernick, you look at what he's doing, and people have always been upset in situations like this. Uh, I, w- I was telling a friend of mine the other day. I was like, you know, when you when you speak about w- what's really in your heart and you really feel that it's right, you're gonna tick off a lot of people because you know a lot of people don't like upsetting the status quo. Hence. You know, we, we had an entire a giant package on Muhammad Ali. Now, when you look at Muhammad Ali, you, you got to realize that for as great as he is, the greatest of all time, you realize the greatest of all time missed the prime of his career. Right. Because he spoke out on issues that he, 
were he near and dear to his heart. He was not allowed to fight because he, he was, was fighting uh, against going to, to Vietnam. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, 67 to 1970 was were supposed to be the prime, you know, years of his career. So it's kind of... It's kind of poetic in a sense in the same year that we lose Muhammad Ali, Colin Kaepernick does something like this. Now, I'm not comparing Kaepernick's athletic achievements to Muhammad no, Ali's, but no. in terms of the bravery, what he's doing, like he he's sitting out the national anthem. Yeah. And yeah. he's he's not disrespecting the flag, but he's bringing attention to, you know, the true meaning behind the flag. Yeah. yeah. So and there's no way we, to do that without without yeah, drawing yeah, tremendous yeah. attention to yourself and yeah, putting yeah. yourself at risk, putting your career Absolutely. at risk. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, that's that's bravery, man. And I really believe that if, if you know, if Marshawn was still in the league, I, I can honestly see him sitting on the bench with his helmet on eating Skittles while the national anthem is being played because that would that would have been his form of protest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trust me, he he would not have minded about all the, you know, the the, you know, the hot takes coming on him because he's never really been the type of guy that cares about what people thought about him. Yeah. He, he, he was only there so he won't get fined. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we got one more comment here, Jake. Yeah, a couple more. Uh, and, and it sounds like this is really a conversation that, that people are reacting to here. Suzanne on Facebook says, Raina's point about the above the fold stories and what Black Lives Matter are about in all their glory was a wow moment that just stopped Suzanne in her tracks, she says. Uh, this brings BLM into my life, she says, and it's relevant to me. This is my fight, too, as a beneficiary of white privilege. If you get joy from sports, culture, music, art, it's your fight, too. Um, also, oh, Kenneth on That's Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth mm-hmm. on Facebook also wanted to, to uh, you know, get in on the conversation a little bit. He says, anybody who has a following like sports players, celebrities, and anybody else in the public mind has their eye, uh, that their the public has their eye on, uh, has a duty, in Kenneth's opinion, to use that platform to point out injustices in our society, ranging from environmental to social justice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also on my personal Facebook page, a friend, uh, Diane, says uh, the undefeated.com never would have known about it or looked at it if we had not made it a feature on Detroit Today. So you guys picked up at least one reader, right? There we go. Now we got the Midwest involved. (laughs) Shout out to Detroit, man. (laughs) That's right. Uh, All right. Uh, Raina Kelly, managing editor of The Undefeated. Justin Tinsley, staff writer with The Undefeated. Uh, Thanks very much for being here with us. Great conversation uh, on Detroit today. Thank you so much. And good luck. All right. uh, Up next, we're going to talk about the Waldorf School, which celebrates 50 years in Detroit this weekend. Stay with us on Detroit Today.